Podcast. I'm Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is called Music to Light the World with Stanton Lanier. Stanton is a pianist, composer, and orchestrator with a passion for touching lives through instrumental music. He has released 143 tracks from 12 albums and singles, which are enjoyed by millions of listeners around the world as life soundtracks for moments of God's peace and inspiration. I am so excited to introduce you to Stan. I actually was researching for this podcast yesterday and I was like, you know what I really need to do is stop reading about the words. I need to listen to the music. So I turned on one of his songs and it came at the exact right moment. And it just calmed me down and it helped me focus and it helped me really be present in the moment. And, and there's one of the people on his website said he has soaring inspiration and remarkable peace. And that's exactly how I felt. And so I am so grateful for you uh, to be here, Stan. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Allison. It's an honor to be with you and excited to share about my music and story. Oh, wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. I know I just gave a short introduction. Right. Yes. Well, I have been playing the piano since I was six years old, but I never thought I would be a musician. I was liked basketball and numbers like math and everybody said I should be an engineer. I I ended up going to Georgia Tech and I got a bachelor's in chemistry. I got an MBA. I was a certified financial planner for about 10 years. Um, But all along, I kept playing the piano. And I had taken 12 years of piano lessons growing up and started writing songs when I was 14, like I would play and sing in high school. But I had a real clear sense of calling around the year 2000 to do instrumental music for the first time in my life. So it's been 20 plus years now writing instrumental melodies. And the idea was to take scripture. There were verses in the Bible that had spoken into my life and sort of convey the essence of those musically and instrumentally to share peace and rest and hope and healing. And so that's how it began. And, and here we are all these years later, and I'm still love writing, composing, and I've you know, growing and orchestrating and writing for symphony and things in addition to piano. So it's, but it's all about instrumental music that would sing to the heart and offer moments of God's peace to listeners, whoever, you know, whenever they encounter my music. Mm, What a beautiful mission. So what is your main passion or purpose in life? You know, it it evolves over time. When When I was about 30 years old, I really had a, what I call a moment of surrender where I really had to let go of striving so hard, like in, with my career, life. Um, I had been in a few different jobs after the MBA and was kind of striving to achieve is the way that I put it. I was striving to achieve. And I, in my faith journey, it became that I needed to abide to receive instead of strive to achieve. So abiding to receive doesn't mean you just sit back and wait and don't do anything. But surrender means just sort of not thinking I knew all the answers and just try to, in my life, you know, ask God, what did he want me to do? Um, and that's when the 10 years of financial planning happened. So that was the first time I'd really felt called to something. And I really loved the work and was passionate about it. But in the midst of that, about halfway in, about five years in, I had this stirring about music. So um, it wouldn't become full time until 2004. But in 1999 and 2000, I started to write instrumental melodies and assemble a little a rudimentary studio like a back in the in that time to record audio as nice as I could and then 
ended up writing 30 melodies and released three albums while I was a full-time financial advisor. So like many of us, um, we can do something avocationally and give it a few evenings a week or maybe some a little bit of time on the weekend. Over a four-year period, that led to these 30 melodies and three albums. And then that's when my wife and I had to decide, like, which one am I going to do? Uh, and that was 2004. So um, this is where the the passion to be surrendered, first of all, is a general sense of like, what is our what are our gifts and talents and what do we feel a sense of, of um, what we can bring to the world and offer, you know, uniquely that's our, our special ability. So there was a maturing that had to happen before I really could believe it and follow it. And But, you know, now it's been 17 years ago and God has been so faithful through this process of surrender and then writing music, you know, to share him in a really unique way, just really gentle, filled with grace and beauty. So. Mm. And so you said 2004, you decided to go full time with your music. What was that decision like? Wow. It it was definitely scary. I mean, I've had some heart racing kind of moments along the way, you know, when you're, when you're really not sure what's going to happen. It it became, I, I think, that can help people in their journey because there is this tension. We all have a vocation and many of us love our work, you know, so much. And, uh, and, but some have a, something they really love. That's a hobby or, an, you know, avocation. And um, so for, for me to trust that, but to have sort of this inner, this inner affirmation that, that I would be um, kind of defiant if I didn't try, it, it was stirring me to where you, you just had to give it, give it a try. But the other thing was that the outer affirmation of something we can do or dream about has to be there as well. Like others have to support or purchase or uh, subscribe, you know, to what we do or believe in our work. And that had begun to happen in that four to five years part time. For part of my story is that there, the inner affirmation, which is going to be there for all of us, usually first of all, is uh, something we can feel. But the outer affirmation is out of our control. Mm-hmm. You know, how people respond to what we create. And, and we want that to be amazing and go to the moon right right away. But it's different for all of us. So instead of comparing results like that, we should celebrate the fact that we're being obedient and trying to do what we think we sh- should do or have a sense we should do. So this was what was at work as the, the stirring of uh, taking a leap of faith, but not knowing what would happen. And, and my wife and I both had that analytical kind of business wiring where uncertainty is not something we sign up for. You know? Yes, especially with the engineering brain. I have a, right. a concentration in engineering and I own a financial planning firm. So I like, I resonate with, I'm like, so how did, how did this all go? Cause yeah, yeah. the analytical would be like finding the holes in the story and the creative side of your brain probably is thinking, no, but this is beautiful. And I can, you know, you could see where it could right. help people in such a different way. Yes. You want, you want to have all the, all the steps kind of lined up, you know, to know what the next 10 steps are going to be. But usually it's just one step or two at a time and you know to take this step and then the next one. But they're not all going to reveal themselves until you take the one and then you sort of sense another one. And a long series of steps becomes a, a more powerful story that sounds like it happened quickly, but it really takes time and patience and faith and doing what we think you know, what we have a sense that we need to do, you know, for that for that day and week and month and year, and then it just keeps evolving. So I really want to encourage people to keep dreaming big dreams, you know, that anything is possible for all of us in our life, because we all have a couple of things that are really special and unique to us that we can do and offer to the world. Mm. 
So beautiful. That's so true. And I think, you know, the way that you've been able to touch so many lives, like how does it feel now, now that you look back at that journey and you go, oh my gosh, like I trusted, I surrendered and here I am and it's grown beyond probably your wildest expectations. Yeah, it's, it's still kind of dreamy and surreal. Um, I, I, I try to keep my feet on the ground and just have a heart of gratitude to be so thankful and humbled and appreciative, you know, um, but also to remember how God is faithful in our lives when we do surrender and we try to do what he would, to, would have us to do. So yeah, the, the other thing that can happen or in my story, and I hopefully this will relate to others, but there's a sense of invitation so like we get invited into things or there's this more of like a revealing of what we have an opportunity to do um, some of the global exposure like the music going around the world came from people inviting me to license some music or do something that would reach a lot of people but I couldn't have found it like I didn't go hunt it down and so if we're if we're pursuing our passion there's this interesting element of how we in a healthy way we can pursue opportunities but in an amazing way opportunities find us when we're in our creative space so I, I like to say that that I want to try to be more creative than consumptive because we're in such a consuming <laughs> world, you know, with all the things we can take in. And that, that's part of our life. And it's we can really enjoy those times to, to rest or to learn something by consuming. But what I've found is if we create in our uh, gift set, that there's people to consume what we create. And this was really profound to where um, that's, that's how it evolved over time, like little by little. And then I just began to grow in my confidence that I could really write beautiful melodies that would really, really powerfully speak to the heart of people in it. Uh, the cool thing about instrumental music is there's no language barrier. So that's how in like a hundred plus countries, um, I, I've, I've even the, today, like I've heard from people in Germany and China and different places uh, in Australia, and they're saying how, oh my goodness, like this spoke to my heart. And I'm like, oh man, that I can't do that. You know, that's just the Lord. That's just God through me doing something that is is amazing, you know, so... Anyway, it's, it's been an exciting adventure that way. That's so beautiful. And I'm sure, you know, as we're talking to global leaders right now and they listen to the, to the songs and they feel that, that emotion and that peace and all of those, those things, you know, I think that there's, it's, it's about being human, right? And like yes. feeling peace and love and hope and joy and all of these different things. Those are human emotions. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. And I think that's what you convey through your music, which is super powerful. To think yeah. like that you went, you know, 2000, you finally started to kind of lean into it and, and you trusted that process. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, when I'm talking to people, I find that they have an amazing idea or they have a, a unique gift yeah. and they try it for a little bit. And then when it doesn't work, it, like it doesn't explode after a month or six months, yeah. they quit. And that's, that's the worst, the worst thing that I run into because I'm like, no, you, you have to go a little bit longer than that. Like you don't know when that next right. opportunity. So what words of wisdom or advice would you give to those people who have a dream, they have a gift and they really are the right person to pursue it, but they just, they're like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not getting the result that I want, or yeah. I don't feel like I'm the right person. Right. Not to sound like there, there's not an easy answer. But but to give some thoughts to that, the patience is huge. Um, this this tension of, you know, just my faith story is so integral to my music, but like waiting on the Lord when, when we have a verse about wait, wait on the Lord or just the, the, the time of waiting in our life. And that, that those can 
Those can feel like a desert sometimes, but they can also be like a sanctuary or like a waterfall. Like it, it can be, um, the waiting can be powerful, but it can be frustrating. So waiting and patience is really huge. And then persistence and endurance, you know, having faith in what we've been equipped to do. Um, does, you know, God promises he equips those that he calls. So like when we're invited to something or we have a stirring in our heart with something we can uniquely bring to the world or offer to people that will be equipped. Like, like that's the thing about taking one step, then the next step will be revealed. So there's this, there's waiting and patience, there's persistence and endurance. Um, that I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, the celebrating our obedience or just having a spirit of celebration when someone else says, hey, you know, I felt like I should do this and this is what happened. And to celebrate that with them or versus like comparing our results, like how many followers do I have or versus, oh, well, my what I do is better than that person. And they have more of a presence in the marketplace. I mean, you know, this kind of comparing attitude um, is unhealthy. Um, so we need to celebrate those steps that we're taking and find some people, kind of a small core group maybe around us, you know, that that's an encouragement and speaks life into our calling and our dream. So I've had that around me. I've had people that believed in me and are speaking life to me. Um, I, I, you know, as a parent, I, our kids are 23 and 20 now, son and daughter, but this happening in my life around the, when they were really little, I wanted to speak life as a husband and as a dad, like to my kids, like speak more life to them. And it sounds heavy to say speaking death versus speaking life, but anything death is just negativity. So speaking speak death is speaking unbelief or, oh, you can't do that. Or that's great that you have that dream, but that's never going to happen. We got to speak life and have people around us uh, doing that into our journey as well. That is so good. I love that you said that because I talk about that in my books and I talk about that every time that I'm speaking on stage about, you know, really your positive voice and your negative voice and who you're surrounding yeah. yourself with. And I love how you say speak life, not speak death. And I think yeah. the result that you get from speaking life into mm-hmm. other people's lives is more life, right? Like you get yes. more positivity back to you. And so as you do that for yourself first, right? Internal dialogue is really important. Speaking positively to yourself and understanding that, you know, God is placing you in this moment for yes. this thing and trusting that. And mm-hmm. then as you're you're speaking life into other people too, and then also recognizing how toxic that um, speaking death is. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just a word. It doesn't take much to really bring you down, at least for me in my own life. And I think that's that's really powerful. And so your kids are in their 20s. Um, yeah. What do you think, you know, speaking life into their <laughs> into, into them, what has that done in their lives? Oh, wow. You know, I'm just dad to them. I, they, they've, they grew up and from whenever they get in kind of middle school, they start to realize that mom and dad aren't perfect or, you know, don't have it all together. There's just, there's a funny little side story that when I'm, when I do concerts, I'll sing the notes to show how I write the song from some words mm-hmm. or from a scripture. And all through the years, they say, dad, you're not going to sing, are you? You're not going to sing at this concert. Are you? But it's just a way to demonstrate how I write the music. So we have this kind of funny years long, you know, inside things like that. But their, uh, their journey of, life and just seeing the fruit of um, their unique abilities and how there's things they could do that I can't do. And them kind of seeing, I, j- I remember when they're really little, like, like, like the thing called a CD, you know, or a compact disc, the fact that your dad has done a CD, it becomes wh- whatever you're around in your family life, whatever happens becomes possible for you. So they're like, oh, well, if dad can do a CD, 
maybe I can do this, you know. And so those kinds of things through the years as they've, uh, you know, sharing this journey together, um, it's, it's really exciting to see their dreams and, and their faith and their belief and sort of following this process that, I, that I've uh, been on and maybe starting a little bit sooner in their life um, where I was, until I was that 30 years old, like we discussed earlier, um, I wasn't, uh, I, I was being overly practical. I was kind of doing what everybody else thought I should do. But I've never told my kids what I thought they should like. Oh, that's great! But here's what I think you should do. I just said, "Hey, that was great," and feed. I fed that uh, would feed their passion with with speaking life or with resources and our things they could learn or things we could experience together that would. So anyway, that that's kind of a microcosm in the family. But we can do that with other people's lives to um, to resource and be a be an inspiration and be a, a voice of life into their dreams and their calling, you know, and just, and then share the adventure together. Mm, that is so true and so beautiful. And I like how you, you shared the tip of resourcing, um, you know, those, your children or resourcing the people that you're around to help inspire them, because that's something that I think is, is really key. And even as we're talking to leaders from all over the globe, if you have a team of people and you have somebody that has a strength and they come up to you and say that, like, try to find a book for them or try to find a resource for them to tap into that passion. Because, you know, as soon as that person taps into their purpose or their passion, they're so much happier, right? Like I know when I did that and it was around my early thirties, it was just like a light bulb went off. And I'm like, I'm never quitting doing what I do because I love it so much. And as soon Mm -hmm. as you get that, it's like you're on fire because every day you wake up excited for how you get to serve the world. And it's, you know, I think that's really powerful. And we need more people that are, you know, in that place where they can create and they can be their unique self and they can really add value to the lives of others through what God wants them to do. Right. You know, and you're, you're, you're raising up the old financial planner down inside me. That's just always there. But I, What you said there reminds me like when we find this kind of sweet spot and what we really love to do, whatever. And I think it's we're we're creators, you know, we and we just use the word creativity like we can all make something and it could be it can it can apply to every field. But when you find this passion, it just shifted my whole life from there. The goal isn't to retire. The goal is to do what you love and then you can scale it as you get older in life or whatever. But you can always make things and that are going to serve others. And um, it's not about just getting to the point where you can sit back and do nothing. Cause that, that's when we don't know how long we're going to be here. Uh, you know, but, but that, that financial, this culture that we is out there that we've got to sort of save up enough to not have to work. Well, that, that just changed so much for me back 20 years plus ago, you know, to um, just do something I love and just, and just keep it integrated in my life the whole way. Mm, so good. And it's so powerful. And I think more people, really should think about pursuing that type of passion and purpose in their life. So one of the things I did is I listened to your song, Breathe. And I want to share with our listeners who are maybe musicians themselves, or they're just interested, like what helped you or inspired you to to write that song? Well, there's a psalm. um, The psalms are rich with inspiration. Um, So a lot of my music comes out of the psalms, but it's kind of across the different different, uh, books in, in the Bible. But Psalm 34 opens up in the in the message version. It says, I live and breathe God, and my heart and lungs are filled with His praise. And that's where the word breathe jumped off the page at me back. This was around 2015. And this particular song, sometimes the piano or the music is singing some words, like the syllables of the words. But in this case, I just wanted to, and this happens a lot as well, just the essence of 
breathing, how we all need to catch our breath, to take a breath, to breathe the fresh air, to get outside, to take a hike or be in the mountains or the beach or wherever our favorite place to breathe in the air is, you know. So the the music needed to breathe and not be rushed. And, you know, a lot of my melodies come across like that. But this one um, was, was really to express that human uh, longing and that universal uh, language or universal sense we have to to slow down and pause and take a breath. So musically, somehow, miraculously, you know, interesting, uniquely, it just kind of does this with with sort of a verse and a chorus part to it. And you just sort of, I don't know, I, I listen back to my music too. And once I'm com- once it's finished, I can actually receive it more as a full song rather than like thinking about it too much. So when I call it finished, it's like you mentioned authoring and writing or books and things like when it, when you sort of put the finishing touch, it's like, you know what, let it stand there and then you can receive it. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I somehow breathe for, even for me, it just helps. It's like you, you find yourself exhaling or sort of letting some things go off uh, whatever is sort of burdening you or you know, whatever you're carrying with you that you need to sort of let it go, you know, um, anyway, but how that can be done. It's uh, you triggered a, a little bit ago for me, that just a quote that I want to share from Johann Sebastian Bach that was my favorite composer growing up in high school, playing a lot of his pieces. But he said that the, the aim and final end of all music should be unto the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. And so he wrote that, you know, he was, he was writing music from like 1685 to 1725, something like 300 years ago. Um, and his melodies just stand out if you hear them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that quote until about 2005 or so. Um, but the, to glorify God and refresh the soul, you can do that with anything. You know, that he said that about music. But if we think of our gift and our talent to, to glorify God and refresh the souls of other people, amazing things and, and timeless, timeless things happen, you know, that last, that endure and last for maybe even beyond our lifetime, you know. And that's the beautiful thing about creating something. It can yeah. live on beyond and, you know, and you can share it with people that you've maybe never met. And how many, I mean, think about the millions of people that you've impacted through your songs. You may never have a chance to meet them, but you created that song or those songs yeah. or that album. Right. And now it gets to touch all of these different people. And so for the launch listeners that are listening, if you have something inside of you that you're like, you know what, I need to write that book. I need to create that song or, yep. or compose that song. I need to do these things. I believe, and I'm sure Stanton believes that you, you need to do it because there's people waiting for it and you don't know who they are. You may never know. You may, may never sure. meet them. Right. But that right. impact is there. And I think that God places that desire in our heart so that we can serve the world in a really big way um, through the gifts that he gives us. And I think Absolutely. expressing those gifts, there's something beautiful that, and magical that happens once you start doing that. So Stanton, what are two things you've done in your life to launch to the next level? Wow. So a couple of thoughts there, right? The first three albums that I did were self-produced in a, sort of a, my, an early home studio. And so I, uh, I spent the next 10 years and six albums um, after that. So when it, when it became full-time in 2004, I worked with a Grammy-winning guitarist and producer named William Ackerman. He, he founded Wyndham Hill Records um, and the pianist George Winston. People may recognize that name. It was really big in the 80s and 90s, but it still stands today as a, just a sort of a timeless, uh, meditative, beautiful instrumental music. Um, and it didn't necessarily have the faith inspiration that I bring to my composing. But So number one is looking to somebody that's really an expert in a field. And in this case, it was instrumental music. It was kind of like the what an airline pilot maybe 
personally believes in their faith or in their life or their politics or whatever, it doesn't matter. What matters is they can fly the plane with excellence. And so I was really wanting excellent production and mentorship, you know, and sort of being coached and to grow in my craft. So I really, I really grew in composing over that. 10-year window. And now I have my own studio at a really, it's really a high-level, high-end, you know, really nice instrumental studio. Um, So having someone that can mentor you and develop your gifting and your talent um, is is a great first thing. The second is just probably, it's a blend of a few things that are hard to express when I talk about people inviting me into things. There's this growing in confidence that what you do can, is really, really, you know, world-class or like really really high quality, like it really is something special, you know, um, but that is hard to get there to really believe that and to and to believe it in a right way, you know, where it's with humility and grace and gratitude rather than pride and, you know, proudness or, or uh, overly confident or whatever. But the fact that to your point about people wanting to consume what we create, there's there's people that that have platforms of influence, like in my case, it could be licensing or um how the music could be used. One of these companies is a, is a global fitness company and they use my music for relaxation and meditation. So in the U.S., but also around the world, and at the end of a workout, um, they're, they're called Les Mills. Um, they're based in Auckland, New Zealand. And Les Mills has been licensing my music for about 10 years. And so it speaks to people instrumentally during the relaxation and meditation. So the, the second thing is weaving together this being confident in who we are and dreaming big and how there's platforms and people that will expose and expand our work. I don't know. Hopefully that's a helpful too. a really good mentor and then just sort of believing and following invitations to, to bigger opportunities as they come, but not over pressing for it, you know? So anyway, hopefully that makes some sense or helps. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. Yeah, for sure. That, that makes tons of sense. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm really grateful that you are, being so vulnerable and open about this idea of of receiving and not necessarily waiting for the invitations to show up, but just allowing them to happen and pursuing yeah. them and those opportunities. And it sounds like um, you already you almost have like this this knowing that the opportunities will present themselves by this point. Like yeah. You, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's one thing that's really important for our listeners to understand is that eventually you're going to get to a point where you you'll know that things are going to work out. And it's especially having that blind faith or that taking that leap of faith and understanding that God's going to figure it out and trusting the process in that right. in that journey, even when you don't know all the steps. Yeah. Because you're not going to yeah. know all the steps and you don't know who's going to email you or call you or contact you. You just That's don't right. know. And just to share, Allison, that'll this will make us all smile, I hope. But like if somebody says, hey, well, how did you do it? You know, how, how did you get where you are? Well, for me, it'd be like, well, I took my first piano lesson when I was six years old. So if everybody thinks about when you were six years old and then when you were 12 years old, when you're 18 years old, kind of follow your journey. And there's things in our childhood. You find that those passions are, are there. The, the gifts and talents and something that we enjoyed in any, any, any realm, you know, any place where we could create and make things. So um, that's what started to sort of ex- expand my view of the, of the adventure is, you know, oh, well, this happened then. So this could happen now. And it just kind of gets bigger and longer and wider and deeper. I mean, it's like I like I've in 2004, I went full time so that in 2015, I could go to Africa and serve orphans and show them how to write music from the Bible. Like it wouldn't have happened without the music. Like I, 
There's so many things that have happened. I'm trying to grow and collect the stories because they're just so incredible, you know, what has happened. But but it, all these things are fruit of a little step. And just so our story goes back all the way to the beginning. And that's where we need to rekindle that, I could say, like the childlike faith or the childlike wonder of it all and bring more of that to our daily living, you know, to be amazed and stop and notice um, beauty around us or just have, have be like a little child, you know, and that kind of connects back to breathing, you know, to pausing to take a breath and just the wonder of it all. Mm, yes. I, and do you find when you're, you're making music, it's fun and you lose track of time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's, that's another symbol is like sometimes things will happen really fast and sometimes like days or weeks. I mean, some, some songs can happen in a few days and some take a few months or, and you have to go away from them and come back. It's never the same. And we kind of, you know, I, I want it to be like the time that it happened really fast and was so amazing and wonderful. And like this great song, I want that to happen again. But you can't know. You just have to start working on the next thing and then see how it's going to unfold. But yeah, I really, uh, with this whole 2020 and 2021, one of the things, since I can't do as many or really do physical concerts on the, on the weekends and things, like I've done some Zoom concerts, but I'm just going to compose a lot of music. Like I, I'm, I'm constantly composing and going to, like this year, I'm going to put a new song out every month. And I'm so I'm always working on something. I'm Again, this is to inspire everybody with their dreams. But like right now, I'm working on us to finish my songs for April, and then I'll start on May. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm like working a lead time. So I've had a January release. I've had a February release. March is set to release. April is about to be set. And May, I'm just moving through the year. And the inspiration is amazing. And I'd love, I'd love to mention that my, my brand new work that just came out literally in the last couple of weeks is called the Outlaw Ocean Suite. And it was a documentary kind of journalism music project where the music is more like a film a little bit, but it's it's rich with melody and beauty and drama, but it's more orchestral. But then my piano background is sort of down in there. You can feel it and hear it. But so, so there's a real variety there. But I, I guess on all the music platforms, if you just look up my name, you know, you can see, all, you can see Breathe like you did and just mm-hmm. all the other things. There's that so have many. Happened. There's so many. It's there's amazing. a lot of, one other thing is, is just the titles. Like in, in life, we have, there's, there's titling is a, another part of the process, like what we call things. That's fascinating. I've, I really love not just settling on a title, but finding something that will appeal and invite people to say, wow, what it, what's that about? Or I want to, and this can apply to our creativity too, how, what we call things and how we name them and how we, what we put out, you know, whatever form it is, then the title of that is, is really uh, important and can really stir people's heart. So true. And so powerful. Stan, this has been such an awesome episode. How do people get a hold of you? Wow. Well, if they just go to stantonlanier.com, you know, there's a, there's a nice contact form there. If I, I really try to respond personally to emails or people reaching out by email or phone, but uh, the website's a great place to start. Or if you just want to listen to the music for a while, just look it up and there's, you know, music videos and streaming and all that. So, um, you know, I'm just, just honored to be on your podcast and get to talk with you, Allison, and just thank oh, you for the opportunity. So great. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing your inspirational music with the world. I'm so grateful that you're able to be on our launch podcast. I know our listeners absolutely will find so much value in this podcast episode. Listeners, if you loved this episode, make sure you share it with somebody. Share Stanton's music with somebody because everybody needs more music in their life. I just, it, it, there's something magical about his music and how it touches our souls and it revitalizes us. And so make sure you check it out and support Stanton and everything that he's doing. Thank you again. 
Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com. Thank you.